At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. All right, welcome on to Hollinger and Duncan. Really excited to bring you this 2020 redraft, in part because we have no idea what the other person is going to say. As I went through this, I found this draft just as vexing, if not more so, John, than when we first tried to evaluate these prospects before the draft. Yeah, uh, you know, I went through my own board, obviously, at the time, and uh, definitely some misses. But on the other hand, like this this draft is really not that great. <laughs> and and I mean, we'll see. There's still time for some of these guys to emerge. It was a young draft. Um, you know, a lot of one and dones, a lot of young one and dones, even for one and dones. Um, at at the same time, I, I think it's it's already played out a lot differently than people expected, especially after the top couple guys. Yeah, I think so. Although perhaps you could say, and we'll get into this more, but maybe it didn't play out differently than people expected because Nobody had a great feel for what it was at that point, right? I think there was, yeah. at number four, for example, Patrick Williams ended up being a surprise pick. And I don't mm-hmm. think anyone really had a great idea of who the favorite was to go number four. Like, who would have been the consensus number four prospect for most people? Would that have been Halliburton, you think, at the time? No, he was seen He was seen more as a back end of the lottery. Like, the analytics guys loved him, but there really wasn't a consensus out once you got outside the top three like who was the consensus number four heading into the draft I mean Obi Toppin was the you know the national player of the year or you know it would have been if they'd been able to finish the year I guess uh in college basketball but he was older uh Onyeka Okongwu had a good year but I don't think people quite had him in the top four Cole Anthony had a bunch of hype coming into his freshman year but then his stock went way down after a tough season in North Carolina so who you know there 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 just wasn't that guy no I I don't think so I I I certainly really struggled with it at the time. So why don't we begin here? Is there drama for you? at number one did you struggle with this or was it obvious to you no no i didn't i did not struggle with this um so i you know we didn't we didn't really talk about this do do we need to do a coin flip for the number one pick or are we just gonna like each say who we had at each spot uh i think we can each say who we had or or, okay and and whoever brings up the person then we can just say where where we had him ranked okay so yeah i so i had Lamelo ball number one coming into this draft and it's about the only damn thing i got right about this draft um He's he's number one, clearly to me. Uh, I you know you could argue that Anthony Edwards could still get to a higher place than Lamelo Ball. He has some really interesting physical tools, but the consistency just isn't there yet with Edwards. And some of the things he does makes you wonder if he'll ever get there, especially as a shooter and a decision maker. And Lamelo Ball is just a savant. Um, 
and shoots with deep range already, has this weird floater that he shoots almost as an afterthought that he's getting more proficient with. Great passer in transition, great rebounder for a guard. I mean, he's he's it. So would you have had LaMelo number one in his own tier if you were redoing it today? Yes, yeah. I, I, Edwards is close to being in the same tier, but I think I think Ball is in his own tier. That's about how I had it as well. I think it... Uh, Edwards was a clear number two for me Uh, on ball. I still, if you said, hey, who is the most likely player between Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball to be a top five player in the NBA? I might, might say Edwards has a slightly higher shot at that. Slightly higher. Um, And and part of that maybe is just because LaMelo is a unique animal in many respects with his size, but yet his great passing ability, his strengths and weaknesses in combination. We haven't seen all of those together. Just his overall style his shooting the way he finishes at the rim you mentioned that funky floater that he has he's got a lot of instincts but sometimes the effort is not necessarily there either so he's yeah i, I still kind of struggle you know we did our danny and i did our top 10 prospects 23 and under last week and i think i had him at seven and edwards at eight but in different tiers but i still don't know what a team that's led by Lamelo ball is most likely going to look like three four Four years from now but his overall performance so far analytically he's ranked very highly in the impact metrics this year and you know his career bpm is 2.9 and edwards is negative one right now yeah edwards you might say hey throw out the first half of last year he was so bad since then he has found a new level of performance when carl anthony towns came back and things kind of stabilized like i, I get all that uh, but even if i want to say edwards is the higher upside i think ball with his production so far i think his median value is looking like it's going to be a lot higher he's already the probably i would say the biggest factor but although not the only one on one of the league's best offenses so i'm i i would go with ball i think he, he's in his own tier but it's rare i would say that a guy with higher upside wouldn't be in the same tier as him but i, yeah. I think that's where i that's where i have to go because edwards has his own warts which you mentioned as well yeah you had edwards at number two obviously yes yes which was and i had edwards at three previously i, I guess we we can talk more about what our boards were at the time yeah i had, at, at I had edwards point, number but. two on my board at the time i, I got to see him play uh multiple times at, at georgia uh you know before the world ended um and uh you know th- and everything you <laughs> saw then is kind of what you see with the t wolves um yeah so you know, so at, and then as soon as the world ended you're like god did i really spend all this time going to watch edge the edwards play in college <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't, it, was, it, it wasn't too enjoyable an experience uh, even if the the potential was obviously there yeah i mean it was um it, it was enjoyable at times i mean he had some really cool dunks and stuff and and some some athletic feats that were that were pretty neat um and but yeah it was <laughs> it was it was very inconsistent the, you know the de- the defensive effort and instincts uh the offensive feel uh, as a as a playmaker the dependence on pull-up jumpers i mean all, all of that is still a thing with him uh he's gotten a lot better but it's still th- those are still things that hold him back from being an all-star so it remains to be seen you know can he continue on a trajectory where he where he develops like you said i mean with his his physical tools you could see him you know does is the 26 year old version of him a top five player in the league that that's still on the table i think but the median outcome i think you're going to bet on Lamelo. 
where is Edwards got has where's Edwards exceeded expectations for you? Huh? If it if at all? Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I I mean, I guess this is he's kind of kind of this is like a Dennis Green moment, right? Like he is what I thought he was. I I would disagree with that. I mean, let's okay. He's he's shooting 36 percent from three on a high volume and very difficult attempts this year. He was 29 percent from the college line. Uh, so I would say his shooting has exceeded expectations for me at least this year. Now, I, I acknowledge the fact that there could be some luck in there, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's obviously a key variable is, you know, is he going to continue to hit 36% and even be able to build on that with these really difficult shots that he's taking? Or is that maybe a little bit above uh, where he would be? Uh, I think his defensive effort has been better than I anticipated that, that it would be. And he's not like some unbelievable playmaker, but I think he hasn't been... I would I wouldn't consider him like a problem defensively this year, and he has a, a lot of tools. I think even to defend the three how, with how strong he is, yeah, be part of a switching system. I think that having that kind of two way impact is something that I think you know maybe we didn't. I think he's exceeded expectations there just to, in terms of his ability to fit into a system and play hard and not just uh, 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 just kind of be be liked by his teammates and just because he hadn't really played at any kind of a high level before this. So I think that's pretty solid. He's shown some passing vision. I think that, that's something that he really, really has to work on. That's a big reason I would say that he's not, he, I don't feel as great about his upside of, I think he can be maybe a dominating scorer, but I don't know if he can be a guy that you're just going to give the ball to up top and pick and roll all the time uh, to really create offense for others and drive efficient yeah. offense for the whole what, team. One, like one, read, pa- one read passer. If, yeah, if that, you know, he's, I, yeah. he's not going to be a Luka or a Harden type. Like He just doesn't have, to me, that level of basketball intelligence. I think he can get to where he can make some of the reads and maybe he'll average five assists a game someday. But, you know, I don't see him being like an eight assists a game guy where, hey, we can run everything through you. But, um, you know, we've seen guys develop there. Like Russell Westbrook was not a good passer at the start of his career and neither was DeMar DeRozan and those guys have become pretty good. So I'm not ruling that out. But those guys, a clear top two. How about, uh, and is there anyone else in that tier with you uh, no. with Edwards at number two? No, no. So we go, we go down a tier here again. Uh, all right. How about number three then? Number three. Yeah. Uh, so my original board, I had Killian Hayes at number three. Ah! <laughs> Wrong. Uh, number three on my uh, revised board is Tyrese Halliburton, uh, who I did like coming into the draft. I had him a little bit lower, but still higher than where he was picked. Uh, I think I had him at six or seven. Uh, so I'm I'm looking back here. I had him at Adam sixth, and I mean he's he's been a really good secondary player, and he's even ramped up a little lately uh, into higher usage for Sacramento. Not a great on ball defender, not somebody who draws a lot of fouls, uh, but a good passer, good shooter, has shown he can shoot on the move better than people thought. Uh, Good off-ball defender. Uh, just just a guy who contributes a lot of pluses. Yeah, if you could find a way to just uh, sew his identical twin to him so he could defend a little bit more in the post, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I might yeah. feel better. He's he's just really so thin for playing the two. I mean, part of the value there was the idea that he could play off the ball. And defensively, he does have pretty good intelligence, but it, you know he's not great getting over screens and he can't hold up on any kind of a switch at all, even though he's 6'5". And so 
Jones. I, I don't, maybe he'll get a little bit better at that, but I don't necessarily see that aspect changing. I'm not sure. I think there was a thought that he was going to be a plus defender and I, you know, th- that's becoming blurrier, but he's been better as a shooter than I think people thought and way better just as an on-ball guy. I mean, he's 46% of his possessions in pick and roll and the knock against him was that he can't do anything in pick and roll, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the credit the Kings for finding ways to deal with the fact that he can't do anything going to his left still, but he's still been pretty effective and he's got a little bit of like ISO game. He and Shea Gilgis Alexander have this step back to their right, like set shot Ephus. Yeah, actually seems to go in a, a fair amount of time. Uh, the question, though, to me, I had Halbert in third as well. And I think okay. some of the some of what he's done without Deer and Fox lately, Fox is back now. It was encouraging. But it, the question to me is, do you have Halbert in his own tier? No, I do not. Okay, I did. Although I, okay. I could maybe be convinced. What's who else you I'd, got in, in? I had one other guy in the same tier. Okay, played this in the could same get controversial here. Played in the same conference as Halliburton his draft year. Desmond Bain, Adam number four. I can't go there yet with Bain because okay. he's just he doesn't have enough athleticism and he's old enough that I mean obviously shouldn't have gone number thirty like he'll yeah. be heard from very very quickly here on my list but just as, even with the short wingspan as well he's done an admirable job of overcoming that certainly but I just what is the upside here beyond a solid starting two which is kind of kind of the least important position in a way center, in maybe. a way my putting him there is an indictment of the rest of this draft fair um and certainly if you wanted to say in terms of production so far you know he's maybe been either the second or third best guy in this class through now but yeah what is he he's 24 already now at this point yeah right? yeah i mean he's he's on a different curve than most of these other guys because he came in so old i was a bane fan coming into the draft i relative to where he was picked again i had him 23rd on my board i think a lot of people especially earlier in the year uh had him way down the list uh which which shocked me i th- I always thought he was a pro uh, but he's been way the hell better than anyone expected i think in terms of adding depth to a shooting range in terms of being able to play on the ball play point guard at times uh because he didn't his first couple years at tcu he didn't really handle the ball much and it was only when he kind of got stuck on a bad team his last year that he really had to be more of an initiator and and get practiced in that area. And now you see him just attacking off the bounce, getting to pull up so easily, uh, attacking off the dribble and transition situations, uh, just being this this really aggressive scorer who's still pretty efficient. And defensively, he's sort of the anti-Halliburton, right? Because he's he has no arms at all, basically, but he's really strong. Uh, so he he is able to offset that somewhat and use, use some of that physicality. I mean, he's still like, he's a little bit, on the sh- on the short side and doesn't have length so challenging shots he's not really going to be as effective there but he- he's able to be halfway decent at the defensive end he gives you a lot at the offensive end no I-, I think you're right there the deep shooting and just his overall aggressiveness from three has been really exciting getting up to 23 usage never turns it over 60 percent career true shooting 43 percent from three career um uh, over 50 percent from two which is also impressive for uh, that player type and i misspoke by the way he will not turn 24 
until June. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I this is one that kind of gets into the eye of the beholder. I just, okay. I'm still at this point drafting more for upside. There are players that I think can be better than solid starter. Because I, I think Bain, to me, is he ever going to be a top 10 two guard in the league? Like maybe he'd be, could get to like eight or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. which, which has value. And there's certainty because, I mean, I, I haven't done my two guard rankings yet this year, but I'm sure he'll be well into the top 20 already here. Yeah. But at twenty is age twenty three season. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I just it was just hard for me to get that geeked up about the what's on the board here. No, I I understand that for sure. Uh, but I think it, Halliburton to me just has. Uh, well, okay, so I don't. I if I had to guess. I mean, mm-hmm. someone is going to emerge. We don't know who it is, mm-hmm. but I don't see anyone outside of Ball and Edwards as a likely future all-star in this class. Would you agree? Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. But, and Halliburton to me, he's maybe kind of ends up more in the Malcolm Brogdon-esque role, yep. uh, which is which is still pretty valuable. Yeah. You know, is Malcolm Brogdon more valuable than what you expect Desmond Bain to be? Uh, we're, pr- we're probably in the same sort of neighborhood. Yeah, I, I would say so. I think just the, the one is a more value. Like if you can create more shots, like Bain's done a decent job of that, but he's not like a huge assist guy. He's, he's at best, you know, a secondary or tertiary playmaker. If you're talking about a guy who can credibly be a, if not a number one option, a co-number one option on a decent team, mm-hmm. I, I think that still has a little bit more value to me. And I, I, there are ways maybe that Halliburton could make his way onto an all-star team. I just don't consider it likely. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media. Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase. Easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash PER. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
So I had Halliburton in his own tier, okay. and Bain to me actually was further down. I had him at seven, but okay. in a in a huge group mm-hmm. from four to eight. Okay, with a, with a this, bunch of other guys. This but, is interesting. Okay, yeah. who who is your number four? So starting off this tier, and I would say again, this is a, the idea of the tier is you can make a credible argument for anyone in this tier to be at the top of it. Essentially, like I don't feel particularly strongly in the four through eight range, but okay. my number four is actually Cole. Anthony of the Orlando Magic. Wow. Okay. So I had him at six. Um, yeah. And I uh, that that's interesting because you could argue that he and the two other guys that I had in this same tier could be could could actually be in Bain's tier when you factor in their their age. Um, I guess I still see Cole Anthony as more of a sixth man. Uh, the the way he plays, uh, the size, the defensive impact isn't really there. He rebounds like crazy out of the blue, which I don't know where the hell that came from. Uh, which is one of the most surprising statistical things I think this season. Uh, and has has shown himself to be a more potent shot maker and and a shooter from deep. I mean, last year he was a guy who got minutes and shots, but he was not a good basketball player. And this yeah. year he's just been way the hell better. Uh, re- really, like qu- quietly one of the better stories in the league. No, I agree. And I think a lot of it comes down to the impact that he's had in the Magic where they've been a respectable basketball team and at least a semi-respectable offense when he's played and you know basically the worst offense you could possibly imagine when he doesn't yeah. play. And yeah, there's some shooting luck for the other players involved there but and also they just don't have other creators but you know i think encouraging is that he shoots 88 percent from the foul line you know a lot of what he's been doing is uh, has been based on three-point shooting and that's been on the wane a little bit recently he's also had the, this ankle issue i think he can get to be a decent passer i don't i don't think he's great but i do think he's he's just a good shot creator and it has been able to at least like drive some efficient offense for his team i think he's athletic enough to get to be a solid finisher for a point guard but i i Again, I, I I'm out of gas here as far as like why he should be higher than any of these others, and you know maybe I would even maybe there's even an argument that Halliburton should be down in this tier. Like, is Halliburton just like I guess maybe due to his superior size is that why he's should be higher than Cole Anthony or my number five guy who's Tyrese Maxey? Like, I, okay, yeah. So I had yeah. Anthony and Maxey right together. I had them sixth yeah. and seventh. Um, yeah. And uh, how the fuck you're supposed to decide who's better between Anthony and Maxey? I have no idea. Yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, I mean, Maxi has more of that like athletic burst, but he's not the shooter that Anthony is. Uh, does doesn't quite impose himself on the game sometimes the way uh, Anthony does. I don't think either of them are much as far as uh, being a distributor, uh, which is a problem because they're both small. But they both clearly establish themselves as solid NBA players, which in this draft automatically vaults you into the top half yeah. of the lottery. Like if you're if you're a plausible starter in this draft right now. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> step right up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was gonna give Maxi credit for being a starter on a winning team, and then I realized that the Sixers aren't actually winning. That <laughs> 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 they're basically like a, fi- a five hundred basketball team. Yeah. But yeah, yeah and it, obviously the assists for Maxi, that's something that needs to improve. He's a low turnover guy, but maybe he's even too low as a turnover guy. I also have concerns about whether his shooting off the dribble from three is real but he gets to the basket and he's a wonderful finisher and i think he's not a prototypical point guard but yeah on, on a team that has some other passing or you know a great post-up player like Embiid, I, I think he can be pretty effective you know i again not a guy i see as an all-star and you're asking a lot of him to be a really good uh 
starter and in his second year on on a team that in theory yeah. has uh, some pretty big aspirations so i don't know I, I again i think he's and and both anthony and maxi have emerged this year in ways where you're like oh man their rate of improvement is amazing but then you also you worry that maybe there's a little bit something fluky to improve by this much and and that at a minimum they're not going to continue to improve at the rate that they have over the first 30 35 games this season so yeah so i had anthony at four maxi at five who have we not talked about yet for you uh my Number five player, uh, Devin Vassell. Ooh, very interesting. So I had him at seventh on my original board. I think he's been pretty solid this year. I don't, I don't understand why they don't play him more. Actually, um, g- given the the rebuild there, I I see him as a like very solid three and D wing. Uh, still needs to develop more to his game off the dribble, but he's he's definitely added more this year. Uh, think he's still like he's both pretty good now and still pretty young. Uh, to where he can, I think there's a, still a lot of ceiling there to get to uh so i guess i I see a lot of potential for him to be a long-term starter at a relatively important position uh you know in terms of a a three and d wing who's not just somebody who hides in the corner who can who can be a little more active than that hmm yeah i maybe i just don't see the upside for my i understand i generally value wings and value the position for sure like what is his comp to you when he's fully formed i'll let you know he's substantially above where you have him substantially above where i have him but so so what do you see him becoming like not quite alan houston that, oh that, wow that, okay that that would be like you're kind of what you're hoping to get i'm so not you, saying so that's the, i'm not saying like, that's the yeah. i'm not saying that's the median outcome i'm saying okay. that's like if this hits this is what we get yeah there certainly are some things that intrigue in his ability to get steals uh, apparate into the passing lanes and you know i think he's a little thin to me to be just your number one on ball stopper on the wing and his athleticism i consider to be good not great so i, I i'm not sure what category he is above of solid in and he can pull up for some mid-rangers i don't see him getting to the basket that much i don't know i i wish he were on a different team that would make him bomb threes a little bit more uh, than he has yeah so i i've just i didn't really know what to make of him i'm not I don't think that what you're saying is ridiculous at all. I did not have him in this tier. But when you talk about the quality of the position and that there's just not a ton of competition, frankly, I, I don't think it's crazy to put him here. I, I don't feel strongly really about any of these these players mm-hmm. below the top two. Yeah. But I he just hasn't done enough when I've watched to make me feel like, okay, this guy, there's really something here that is going to be an elite skill that really fires you up. You know, I just, I, I struggle to find something that I'm like really, in love with yeah i could i could see that so yeah so who else did you have in this tier uh anyeko kangu uh, went sixth overall and he is sixth overall for me right now still wow i'm surprised that i had a kangu lower than you i had him i had him eight um i was a big fan of his entering the draft i still believe in him uh he's he's played three games this year looked pretty good since he's been back i thought he really started turning the corner at the end of last year after he looked like a total dud for about half the season but yeah, I'm still I'm still a big believer in him. I think if, if he was a non-center, I would have put him higher. But I'm always you know I'm always going to push centers down. So, but yeah, I had, I had a Kongu at at eight. I had him at the top of the next tier uh, because he was more unproven. I felt than these other guys. 
Yeah, I think to me, the defensive impact that he showed in last year's playoffs intrigued me so much. And I think he can at least get up for some alley-oops offensively and showed a little bit higher a skill level in college. He's been kind of asked to just only dunk the ball and that's it yeah. so far on this team. And that's probably not going to change anytime soon. But uh, I think he's, I feel very comfortable about him being a future starter if he stays healthy. And I think he just could have a pretty dominating defensive impact. I don't know about quite defensive player of the year, but I think he could be, you know, a top five defensive center, some of that, which yeah. I will admit part of the reason I was lower on him initially was I didn't think that he could have that impact. I thought he was going to look a, small out there. He he does. The I mean, he he does look small. He's just still manages to yeah. be effective. Well, well, until, until someone tries to go up on him inside and gets their shit sent back and then he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I, I think he has good defensive intelligence. I think he could be a guy who's going to be a massive intimidator around the rim and also can run the floor finish okay and pick and roll and just maybe a solid two-way center you know maybe you know not quite as good of a finisher as jared allen but as good defensively if not maybe even a little bit better in terms of i also think he's going to have the ability to get out on the perimeter defensively which from uh, yeah defensively and and offensively i i think he can shoot and i I think he's going to get more chances to show it as he progresses yeah so he was my number six i had bane at seven Mm -hmm. and then one other person in this tier who a player who i've been extraordinarily critical of i saw him up close for the time that he was healthy last year it was very ugly but i think the physical tools are just so overwhelming still and also i think the organization still believes in him enough which which is an organization i largely respect i mean they could be Hmm. blowing smoke up all of our asses to boost his trade value but i still think james wiseman deserves to be in this group i have him at the very bottom at eighth overall but again who is the i'm still holding on to the idea that he could just be you know and he has a pretty good raw skill level for a guy at at his size I, i think that he just if he ever figures it out and you know obviously this is that phrase, if he ever figures it out, has gotten many a GM fired over the yeah, years. Yeah. But there are some guys every once in a while who figure it out. I, I think Golden State's development system is pretty good. Like he's, I still think there could be something there. Again, this is much more just an indictment of the rest of this group. Like we said, there just isn't anyone else that has all-star potential. I mean, I still, just because of his physicality, despite the fact that he can't do things such as catch the ball, which is, seems kind of important <laughs> in, in basketball, but that, and you know, also just worth noting noting that he's judging him off of last year like yes he did kill them but also still trying to be cognizant of the fact that he had no freshman year at memphis no training camp got injured like twice last year before he had this knee issue you're still concerned obviously about the injuries like that was actually one of the appealing things was that he hadn't really been injured and now he had yeah. this meniscus thing that they're taking their time with so that that's still a concern and not a great free throw shooter either a lot a lot of things to worry about but i don't know i i just again more of an indictment of these other players i think just with those some of the best physical tools in nba history for a big man you just have to yeah. at least acknowledge that still so i had him i had him eighth on my original board i was more of a wiseman doubter coming in than most people yeah. uh so i'll at least take credit for that even if i screwed up everything else um the the i had him 11th i just uh i had, I had him kind of at the bottom of my you're saying there's a chance group i had a congo at the top of it and then i'll talk about a little little more about the two other guys I had there. But 
we're getting to the really interesting part of this draft. Well, well, quickly, which quickly is, on Wiseman, if you had to guess what he ends up becoming, it, it just as the most likely, not not the upside, but just you know, let's say he stays healthy from here on out. What do you see him as, like Javale McGee, Michael Oluwakandi? Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, I, I mean I, he's got a higher skill level than Oluwakandi, and and I think it, you know Oluwakandi was twenty three draft. Yeah, no, that, I, that, okay. There's, there's, I, I think he's like I I, I think he's he's going to have like the one good year and. And he's going to get paid off of that. And then like, it's going to be like, oops. Yeah. That's obviously the mentality is something that you wonder about. I think he, all the reports that you hear are, are that he really like wants to be good, whether he can turn that into anything that's, uh, that's really solid and play with intelligence on the floor and play hard. But I, I do think like, if he could just play hard at his, at his size and physical tools, like that is a player that can help. You, yeah, you know, that, that, that is a potential starting center. So yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I, mean, can, I can understand yeah. the JaVale comparison too, just with the, the sheer size and length and, and uh, ability to run end to end. Yeah. Now he doesn't have the touch around the basket that JaVale has. You know, I don't, I don't remember whether that was something that JaVale developed later or whether he always had that, but he's also got his head screwed on better than JaVale did uh, yeah. early in his uh, career. So. Yeah. Especially as a younger player. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. So, so, so re- sorry, re- I interrupted re- you. You're going to transition. Yeah, really, really interesting point here. Since we're talking about Wiseman and we're about to get to number 10, do you realize that the two teams who absolutely royally just screwed this draft up all to hell are the two best teams in the league right now? <laughs> right? Isn't that like, insane? Like, it's like Darko all over again, right? Yeah, exactly. Like Go- Golden State, I mean, it's almost unimaginable how good they'd be if they had taken LaMelo instead of Wiseman, right? And Yeah, you never you never know what the butterfly, butterfly effect might be. Now, obviously, they'd be better off for going forward to have Lamelo, I, I don't know how much he would actually help them. And then, you know, would they have not signed some of these other guys or would Jordan Poole have not uh, emerged? You know, there's, there's, I do think there's a little bit, you don't know for sure, but obviously you'd be talking about, holy shit, like they are so loaded now and in the future with Lamelo, which, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, and then Phoenix taking Jalen Smith instead of Halliburton or, or Vassell um, when both were there. And and wh- what that might have meant for them? Yeah, no, that's uh, we'll get into that a, a little bit more. Who who have we not talked about yet for you? Who's have you exhausted the tier that you are in? No, no, I have two. I have two more guys in my. Uh, so you're saying there's a chance tier? Uh, yes. The number nine guy for me, Obi Toppin. Uh, who's came on toward the end of last year, playing better this year. Think he probably is is more of a guy who comes in as a backup and scores. Um, you know, can can he be a long term starter? I'm not really sure. Little older. I thought the three ball would come along a little more quickly for him than it has. Twenty two percent from three this year is that bad? Yeah, that's that's not great. Um, you know, definitely get, you know gets out in transition, plays with great energy. I think the Knicks need to play him at five more i think he could be really good there especially you know second units uh offensively uh so would, would like to see a little more of that i mean i i'm guessing you you not probably not as big a topping guy as me i'm guessing you had him a little lower yeah i i just think there's no way he's a starter on a good team mm-hmm. it just it, i mean unless unless you play him with like brooke lopez or miles turner yeah and have have him be the role man but then you can also just uh, defend him with the center as well it's just i, I think he's been slightly better
better than expected as a defensive player. You know, I think he's been as a finisher around the rim and the way that he's attacked and transitioned. He's one of the few bigs that I think actually really juices your transition attack. But outside of that it's just uh, how can he start you know he doesn't shoot maybe that'll come around but he's, it's not like he's 19 years old at this point uh, um so i and he can't play center defensively you know i'd like to see a little more of these randall top and groups but he, he can't start at center no and so no. if he's going to start at power forward while he can't shoot that's a really tough fit like he's actually even tougher to fit around than i thought at the draft when i had him i had him ranked 11th at the draft and that might have been just because i only scouted 11 players um <laughs> and, and again like he does some valuable things i don't like he's not a bad player i think he he provides some energy for the knicks i just don't see what his path is beyond being a guy who just kind of comes in and gives you energy off the bench and gets some dunks mm-hmm. i guess i i'm a little i'm still a little bit more of a believer in his ability to eventually shoot but i would i would agree that that's critical yeah i mean your your hope was that he could become someone like john collins i think he might actually yeah. be the exact same age as John Collins right now. <laughs> um is that right? It's it's they gotta be within a year, I think. Yeah, so they, this they is might be, this is might. his age twenty three season. I think Collins is this is age twenty four season. So they're they're <laughs> within a year or so and Collins has way more mobility defensively, way better shooter, has a post game, which Toppin doesn't at all. And even Collins, you still wonder kind of about the fit. Now, I will yeah. say Toppin, it's impressive for this player type to have 22% usage and his true shooting is solid 61%. But I just, I don't, I struggle so hard to find what his role is. I, I don't see it. For a guy that I think is unlikely to be a starter, I can't put him much higher. That's why I had him down at, at 17 at the bottom. Okay. of a, a, a although a pretty big tier i mean i actually have him in this a, a tier from nine to 17 but i have him at the bottom of that tier okay and then there's uh so there's one other guy i had in my in this tier that went from eight through 11 uh yeah. who, which is patrick williams who i had i had him 14th on my draft board i was a little surprised to see him go at four uh you know a little bit of promise from his first year definitely shows some tools on the other hand there's not really anything there to sink your teeth into yet so it's just kind of like okay Okay, there's a chance yeah i think so he's playing at the four now i think has a better chance of success i'm just not sure how well he moves his feet how good of a shooter he is also I mean, he's shot 39 percent from three in his career but he that's also on extremely low volume yeah just he was one of the youngest guys in the draft just don't have enough information on him frankly and i i found it very difficult to differentiate between him denny avdia and Vassell. And, you know, you might even put Sadiq Bey in that category as well. I know Bey has had an incredibly disappointing season yeah. so far this year, but I hope that he can rediscover his shooting. And and if so, I think he's a, a valuable player. But I, I think all of those guys, you can kind of, Bey is older, but I think you can kind of put all those, maybe even throw Isaac Okoro in there as well. Though Okoro, I think I would have lower just because he hasn't demonstrated any kind of shooting potential at all until like, yeah. you know, the last five games or whatever before he went into the protocols. Yeah. But, you know, career 20, nine percent shooter and it passes up a lot of shots and especially because wings i think generally develop later 
I don't really have a great feel for any of those guys so who should be above whom I, I ultimately I went with Williams at nine uh, Avdia at 10 and uh, Vassell and Bay right after that I also had Isaiah Stewart in this group as well but I just mm-hmm. this this is the point at which you're like okay I mean I guess like these these guys have shown maybe some potential stutter upside I guess we'll just throw them all in here okay can we talk about my number 12 player actually 12 and 13 I, I think sure. I went uh way way off here from what from where other people had all right my number 12 player kenny martin jr Ooh, yeah that's that's a very interesting one why can't Still- he get tick even on this rockets team though is that just because they signed tice and that fucked everything up for them uh yeah i think so because his best position is four he's still not really much of a shooter uh but he's he's super bouncy uh good defender and like he just does stuff every game that that catches your eye and it's not necessarily just with straight athleticism either uh so i i think there's there's something there. He's still really young. Um, you know, like relative to these other guys where you're like, you know, you're trying to color in lines that maybe aren't really there yet. Like, you know, so what's the difference with Kenny Martin Jr.? Other than that, he actually plays now and is pretty productive. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe his skill level just never gets to the point where he can be more than a secondary energy guy, but he's young enough that there's definitely a chance that he can get get to there and be like a starting small forward for a long time. Yeah. I think it's kind of more likely is the undersized power forward. I I just haven't seen enough of him in a real situation on a real team. And yeah, there is the Tice thing and that is kind of messed up the rotation. And God, Tice has been bad this year. I I did their game against the Hornets where they played him a bunch and and he was one of the worst games I've seen a center play in that game on Monday. But uh, so, you know, I think that he should be out of the rotation and they should absolutely play Martin. He's in the protocols right now. So that's why he didn't play. But yeah, you know, that's an interesting one. I absolutely could see that happening i just in terms of his skill level and the fact that even a team that's in a total rebuilding mode hasn't been playing him that much yet i think that's what kind of gave me some more pause on him but it wouldn't shock i mean his athleticism is pretty jaw-dropping and he makes some plays at the rim defensively as well which is exciting and his shot doesn't look totally broken i don't think he's yeah yeah you know i don't know if he's ever going to be able to do anything off the dribble other than just dribble in a straight line with nobody in front of him yeah but you know he's a good transition guy as well i i'm you know maybe could be part of a switch system how how is his like uh defense on the perimeter see i i felt when i've watched him i always felt like it was pretty good i yeah you're watching the rockets so it's automatically harder first of all you're you're half the time you're trying to figure out who the hell else is on the floor with them right Yeah. Like your attention is divided whenever you watch Houston. Um, but I, when when I've when I've watched and, and focused in on him, I I felt like he's held up well. Yeah, I there's a little bit of concern to me that he just he'll end up being another Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, yeah, I I I think he has more skill than Derek Jones Jr. But that could you're right that could be all he is though. Yeah, no, I mean I think his shot is probably less broken than Jones Jr. And it, you know, he looked decent shooting the ball in summer league. So I've, and he's uh, shooting 32% from three this year. I'm, I don't hate this. I don't hate okay. this pick at all. I, I think I would have thought about having him in this group. I just haven't quite seen enough. And I just wonder about the ball skills and the doing it on a real team aspect. But I I, I kind of like the forward thinking. Like if you if you had to pick someone that I will regret not having hired later, I think he would be close mm-hmm. to the top of the list potentially. So I do totally understand that one. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. 
We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, who else you got here that, that you want to talk about? Paul Reed. I'm going to be the last one off the island. <sighs> Have you heard about global warming? <laughs> It's it's a concern. You know, I've seen some headlines what, about it lately. Is that what that gurgling sound I hear is when I go to the well? Yeah. yeah you know, what's what's the, you may may want to flee to higher ground at some point. <laughs> seems seems like kind of like an archipelago. Is, is this one of those those man made islands in the in the bay in Dubai that's uh, that's being subsumed by the sea potentially? Oh man. Well, the Sixers don't seem to believe in him, but I still do. Uh, so so you know. what 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 is he? What is he? I think he has to play five. I, I would agree with, uh, with you on that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, and he's undersized. But he is just so damn active. And I, I, I just think if you get him out there and just let him, <laughs> just let him play and do his thing, like he could be such a disruptive player uh, at at both ends. He's he's not a he's not a great shooter, but he he rebounds. He can rim run. He's you know just gets up and down so easily. I, I just think he causes a lot of havoc. So is he a starting? center that, that's what you see him as a starting center i think he i think he could be a starting center. i think i think he'd be like the 20th best center in the league how about that hmm. yeah i'm trying to think of uh, like physically is he's kind of like comparable to like a chem birch would you say is that sort of uh, i don't know if he's yeah. quite has that sort of bounce on the offensive end to like get up and dunk on people i think, think he, that's he, a reasonable I think comparison he, were, he i mean he has some bounce i think it relies a little more on length than bounce um yeah. but i mean he's definitely an undersized five uh uh, he's, I mean, he's bigger than Chris Boucher. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe when I was talking about uh, taping two guys together, maybe Halliburton and Boucher, you could, that, that would be yeah. to, to get like one, one stout post better. Yeah, just especially since this is going to be his age 22 season. Uh, turns 23 on in June. I think they're just, and there's been, a, this has been a team that probably could have used his contributions at times. I realize Doc Rivers is a little insane sometimes about rookies. I've, I think he needs to really embrace this havoc causing role a little bit more. You know, he goes down to the G League and he's the G League MVP and he's shooting all the time and stuff. And and that's just, that's never going to happen for him to me at the NBA level. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not sure that his feet are quite quick enough to really be a switch guy. A lot of teams, how many teams really play just a full switching system? You know, even if you have Bam Adebayo who can switch, then you need the other four guys who can do it too. And that becomes a, a little bit difficult to find sometimes i'm i guess i mean all right so so let me uh, since i'm ragging on you and i I was doing mostly for comedic effect there i I don't think it's i think he still has some some things about but like so you think i don't see how you can put him ahead of isaiah stewart for example oh it was easy for me to put him ahead of isaiah stewart because i i just think i because i i just think isaiah stewart is what he is and i i i just had so i had isaiah stewart in the next group with uh uh, you know, Avdia, Sadiq Bey, Isaac 
Isaac Okoro, Xavier Tillman. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, maybe, you know, maybe you'll be a halfway decent rotation player. Um, I, I think I, I see Stewart as a future starting center. And let's keep in mind, he's two years younger than Reed. He's okay. outplayed and he's and he's been better than him already at the NBA level. And granted, you know, part of that's because he's had a chance to play. But he's, you know, Isaiah Stewart is a really good offensive rebounder. He plays really hard. I think he's got some switchability. He's not a great athlete, but he's got good rim protection instincts. Like the defensive metrics were pretty good for him last year. So I like he's to me, I think Isaiah Stewart could be an effective rotation player on a decent team right now as a backup center. And eventually he's got some shooting potential. Also, I worry a little bit about his ability to finish and pick and roll, but I think he's just, and he plays incredibly hard. So I, I think that's a, you know, am I like wad by him as a future starting center? But no, I think he could be one of these guys who's, you know, a $10 million a year starting center who's solid. Who's like the 20th best center. I guess that's what you said about okay. Reed, but I think Stewart yeah. is younger and has done more already. Huh? Okay. Okay. I, I could see your argument. I, I guess I, just i'd see a little more upside and read um yeah. like, like isaiah stewart could be like a tristan thompson who could shoot a little bit hmm, hmm. i'm not sure about that one M- maybe not that level of mobility on the perimeter like the current like the current tristan thompson that plays for sacramento or like the one who played for cleveland uh, uh, come on come on <laughs> This, the, this shit's only supposed to flow one way on this podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, so who who else who else uh, cracked your lottery? Okay. So yeah, I mean, I went down to uh, sixteen players overall. Toppin was last. The two guys I haven't talked about yet are Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah, who was Adam, my Adam seventeen. Yeah. So I I had him right in that range also. And then I also think Jaden McDaniels. His shooting this year has been absolutely ghastly, and yeah. that's a concern for me. But he, I think he can be a very solid defensive wing. I and given what his pedigree was as a scorer coming up, like that's I don't think you're going to ever give him the ball. But I I think he can figure it out to at least be passable as a shooter. And it, he's got more size to me than some of the other three in detail. Like comparing him to Vassell, for example, I certainly like mm-hmm. Vassell's offense better, but I think McDaniel's is more valuable defensively because he's just bigger and longer yeah it's it's he was a hard guy for me to place because i i see the defensive i mean upside but even now like even right now he's good um but then just a destructively bad offensive player almost right now and can can he be something at that end it's interesting to compare him with isaac okoro who was drafted much higher but they're both kind of trending toward the same place except mcdaniels is a lot bigger yeah, that seems fair. Uh, and, you know, Coro, the buzz out of him has kind of been, well, he's really more the size of a two. And that's really who he should be guarding. And their defense has gotten better since he became their starting two and Sexton went out. But yeah, and he's got to, He's got to shoot it way. I mean, he's he like doesn't shoot it well enough to even be a four right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's just a just a guy running around out there. Um. By the way, Jaden McDaniels. If I accidentally said Jalen, I, I apologize. But uh, as I mentioned to you at the start of the show, I'm a little on sleep this morning. But so yeah, I, I think that that's pretty much my my group here. Anyone else that you're just like champing at the bit to talk about? Uh, I, I guess we can just get into some of our categories. Maybe they'll they'll come let's, up. Uh, yeah, let's let's let's. 
let's go into the categories. Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned at the outset, one of the big themes of who the heck goes forth, and I still struggled with that mightily. I really felt like there's there's no clear fourth. There's maybe even no clear third. Halliburton has kind of been the sexy pick mm-hmm. for a while there. I have him a tier above just because he was better last year than Anthony and Maxi and some of the other guys below him. But I just, you know, that two months from now, I could completely change that opinion. I don't think he has that. Um, all right, here this is a good one. We'll start off on a on a happy note. Take a victory lap. Who is the guy that you nailed that you believed in uh, that you are right to believe in that you think at least so far? Let's see. Uh, I guess I should say Desmond Bain because I was I was early on the bandwagon with him. Uh, I had him in, I had him uh, as a first rounder and I had him even higher than he went in the in the draft uh, where most people had him as a second rounder. So that that would probably be my guy. Um, I had Lamelo at one too, but I don't think that was a unique thing. I think a lot of people had him there. Yeah, you know I don't really have anyone that I was personally so much higher on than everyone else. I think having Lamelo in his own tier at number one is probably the best that I can point to mm-hmm. at this point and that I thought Minnesota made a big mistake not taking him. That Edwards has exceeded my expectations, so uh, I think that remains to be seen, but you know, Lamelo still would have, I think, been pretty good there. And then, yeah. uh, to, and then what a massive mistake it was for Golden State, even as someone, in my case, who is higher on Wiseman than many. Uh, that, that was obvious. And then I guess, you know, having Hal Burton at five, I feel decent about that, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I think, can, can I take a victory lap on just having certain guys lower and not believing in them? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, I think Toppin having him lower than ever. I think that's even though Toppin in some ways has been maybe better than you could have anticipated. It's just those who saw like star potential for him. I think I I just don't know where that was coming from it. And just drafting an old guy who just doesn't have an NBA position. That's one where it's like, to me, I don't spend as much time following guys in the college draft as you. And then obviously the draft Knicks are even crazier, but that's one where I'm just like, I watch watching as much NBA basketball as I do. There's just no way that this guy is going to fit in with his skill set to be a starter unless he's fucking Blake Griffin. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah and and being low yeah, being low on Hayes also. I never really I had him at 6 overall uh, on my board, so it's you know, I I wasn't like killing the Pistons for drafting him, but I also wasn't among these people who was like, "Oh yeah, this guy's the next James Harden." I I never saw that. It was more really a function of just not believing in any of these guys to have him at 6. Yeah, yeah. I we talked about it earlier. I crapped the bet on the Hayes pick i had him at three and he's i mean he still might become something like he's he's become a pretty decent defensive player but like offensively there's just nothing there okay well does does that transition into our uh, biggest screw up uh yeah sure um i think you had a, a qualifier on that uh you, you originally well, had no, big- no our our personal biggest screw oh i see yeah yeah yep. um so yeah i would say i mean clear i haven't haze at three um clearly uh i had cole anthony and tyrese maxi way too low yeah that, actually i'll, I'll take a little one. bit of a lap on a victory lap on uh cole anthony i he wasn't someone that i did a full scout on mm-hmm. but because i only really have time to do about 10 guys but just having seen him at the hoop summit even watching his tape for about an hour or so i was just like hey this guy can create shots he's got some shooting potential he was highly ranked in the recruiting he wasn't in a great situation at north carolina he's athletic he's just 15 seemed too low for him i like really liked that pick for the magic then he sucked obviously last 
last year and sucked in summer yeah. league and i was like but now he's been i think he's proven that he should have gone higher um so i'll say maybe not a victory lap but you know i'll just sort of like carry like the little the little flag and like jog around like you know an eighth of the stadium and go back to the infield. like a bronze bronze like the guy who wins a bronze medal in the high jump at the olympics yeah like you just you run around a little bit yeah exactly yeah. um uh yeah so so you're who did you say who your biggest screw up was killian hayes yeah uh james wiseman would have to be it for me i had him number two in his own tier and he could still fulfill the the hopes that i had for him my theory was this draft is very uncertain and if you just look at the history of guys with his physical tools they have a high floor i actually consider him a very high floor prospect the fact that he couldn't catch the ball was uh was something that i was not really aware of i there was only three games of college shape i thought he played reasonably hard i think he does still play reasonably hard last year so there's still hope for him maybe not to be a no there's no way he's gonna be better than edwards you would think there's still hope for him to maybe be the third best guy in this class i but that's let's say that hope has grown extremely remote there's also a chance point. he's the 30th best guy in the class like that's still I mean, on the table oh I, I mean it could be worse than that honestly yeah, yeah. so so uh, i'll own that one i had isaac okoro at four yeah i mean the, the thought on that one was hey wings are pretty valuable he plays hard if he can figure it out as a shooter that he, he could be pretty good but uh you know that just hasn't happened yet and it could still happen but it's not him at four it was, it was way too high clearly um okay the best pick by a team gotta be memphis taking desmond bain at 30 right yeah i think so i i mean that's definitely the best value pick for sure yeah, it's, it's either that or sacramento getting halliburton at 12 yeah although that one again i mean the last everyone was saying they should do that you know, mm-hmm. I, i'm not sure that there is a pick where you're like okay they went higher for this guy than people thought and it like really really worked out i don't know that there is that pick you know, tyrese maxi yeah. uh w- would be one at, at 21 thanks mike muscala for that one hey mm-hmm. how about uh how about a uh, kenny martin <laughs> Jr. at 52. Hey, there you go. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 That's I think that's a pretty good one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that could work out really well. Yeah. Um Emmanuel yeah. Quickly at 25, a, a guy who I think people yeah. were not all that high on. Correct. Yeah, most people hadn't rated as a mid to late second rounder and we're surprised the Knicks pulled for him at 25 and he he's outperformed that draft slot. Cole, uh, Cole Anthony's Cole Anthony's another one. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, those kind of about where I think he was being talked about maybe a little higher. Um worst pick by a team. There's only two contenders here right i mean it's golden state taking wiseman over Lamelo ball is a you know that's a possibly generational fail right there um and then phoenix taking jalen smith when absolutely like a wiseman you can at least make the argument that hey everyone rated him as a top three pick jalen smith everyone was like huh you know J- like you well I, I think you mean jalen smith i think you, you just called him gerald smith so no no i said J- i said jalen didn't i okay I said, sorry I, I, maybe I'm pretty, I, sure. I'm pretty sure maybe i misheard you uh, J- gerald smith definitely sounds like someone who had like if, a cup of coffee back in the if 90s. they had drafted somebody named gerald they'd be in the exact same position they are now um and well, they, well so so what's your pick which, which one is worse? i because i when i first came up with these categories i was like what is the worst pick by a team and then i was like oh it's so obviously jalen jalen smith that mm-hmm. i then had another category of worst pick by a team non-jalen smith division but you just made a pretty good argument that it's wiseman oh yeah totally no it's it, it in terms of the impact of the of the fail like it's totally wiseman yeah i mean phoenix missed out on basically it would have been Vassell or halliburton probably right Re- realistically that's probably who for 
virtually every draft board had as the as the next two guys, which Phoenix would be pretty much the same team right now if Vassell or Halliburton is there versus the guys they have in those positions right now. Maybe they'd be a little bit better, but it wouldn't be an order of magnitude difference or anything. Golden well, State. And, and moreover, Detroit, New York, Washington, and Phoenix all made the same mistake. Yeah. So yeah. I think, I don't know how many teams would have taken Wiseman over LaMelo. I think that was, I think a minority of people would have done that. Yeah, we were clamoring yeah. for Hal Burton at the time, but I, I think you make the right point, right? I mean, miss, you know, w- was it like, you know, if you're going to say, hey, maybe the process of Jalen Smith reaching for a guy over the obvious pick, Hal Burton, like, is that like, quote unquote, dumber of a decision? Maybe, but I think, I think you make a very good point that it's less impactful than Wiseman over LaMelo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm going to change up. I think Jay- Wiseman might be it, uh, which then the worst pick by a team non-Jalen Smith division, I guess is going to be Jalen <laughs> Smith. <laughs> We've answered our own question. Uh, a, a few other honorable mentions, Tyrell Terry and Tyler Bay, 31 and 36 overall oh, to the Mavs. Yeah. Not even on the team after a year. Daniel Latoru, not even on the team after a year at 33. Although, as we have noted on many times. Fulfilled, fulfilled a very important role for the Clippers, however. Helped them get to the Western Conference Finals. Um, Poku? You know, so they took him at 17. Um, they did trade up to get him. That's true. That's true. I mean, you could say the jury's still out. It was definitely a swing for the fences, and it looks like it's going to end up in the catcher's glove, but he's still young enough where it could end up working out. Maybe. I, I think next year, he's just not going to be taken. I think that yeah. seems like, I mean, he's shooting 34% from the field at seven feet. And, and I mean, he's, he's, he's yeah, I don't. Has he shown any progress this year? I can't say that. I've no, he hasn't. That's the, that's the thing that's really disappointing. That he and he and Maladon both, I mean, have just been like their only utility is in securing the next high draft pick. Um, best second round pick. Best second round pick. I think Kenny Martin Jr. Uh, Xavier Tillman might be the other contender. Yeah, I'd be if he he's just pretty bad offensively at this point though. Like he can't yeah. hit a shot this year. He really struggles to finish as yeah. well. I, I love him defensively. I Absolutely, and I mean he's yeah. he 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 won the Memphis Grizzlies that play-in game last year. Like that's if you want to if you want to just say in terms of like the actual value, like he but had some of the highest leverage performances of anyone. But yeah, he's at thirty-five overall, a decent pick. But also, uh, you know, I think he's he should have a decent career as a backup big, like, especially if he can yeah. learn to shoot it because he is really good defensively. Um, uh, to, yeah. Two other guys who went in the fifties who uh, at least are worth keeping an eye on: Paul Reed. Obviously, I'm uh, Paul Reed stand. He went 58th. Uh, Skylar Mays with Atlanta. I uh, th- think he has a chance to be like a, a rotation-ish yeah. guy. The 50th overall. Uh, Isaiah yeah. Joe, He could. I think he could be decent as well. 49. He's so skinny, but he can shoot it. I think you'd probably have to say Kenny Martin Jr. at 52, though, is the best. I think yeah. the Rockets bought that pick, didn't they? You're correct. Yeah. That's that's. I always kind of give teams a little bit of more credit when not only did they just pick the guy in front of him, but they actually like went and got a guy who was good. Yeah. Uh, Nick Richards number 42 is actually like not bad i think he could be have a career as a backup center uh, finishes or anything shooting like over 70 percent from the field no he's he's better than the two guys dallas pick yeah yeah you're more uh marcus simonovich or robert woodard <laughs> elijah hughes saban lee was not bad either actually. you that's, you, that's you are you a you a vit crushy guy yeah no saban lee is actually interesting if he uh if he shoots a little bit and just like calms down 10 percent, like there could be something there 
Okay. Guy that you still can't figure out. Josh Green. Hmm. That's an interesting one. I couldn't figure him out in college. I, I can't like I have no idea if he's good or not. But but yeah. I can't like like I I can't say he's bad either. Like I just I just don't I'm puzzled. I just don't know. Like there are some clues to like, okay, maybe he's got some defensive stopper in him, but it's not like all there all the time. And he's not really a shooter, but he's not so terrible that you write him off either. And he's still kind of young. Like I I just don't know. If he doubles his career three-point percentage, he could be a player. (laughs) But even that, it's like on such a small sample. Like I've seen the guy shoot. Like he's not atrocious. So yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I just there. Yeah. He's one where I think he's, he's still got some promise. They've been pretty loaded at that position. When he has played it, it hasn't been great though. Uh, But he's, he's got a lot of athleticism. Um, You know, I think any, any of the wings to me, all the, like Patrick Williams, we just haven't seen enough of. Yeah. Yep. Avdia, Vassell, Okoro. Sadiq Bay, yeah. I thought we had figured out. And it just which of those wings is going to emerge to be a quality starter? I just have no clue. Yeah. And, and what I mean, you could say, you know, Wiseman, maybe I have figured him out. Um, see if there's anyone anyone else who'd be on that list. I would for say me. Aaron Neesmith would fall in that category too. I mean, he's had a brutal yeah. start to this year, but he looked like he was really coming on at the end of last year. Yeah. And in, in summer league as well. I mean, he just hasn't been able to hit shots this year. I mean, he has a 4.5 PR this year. That, and they've again they've desperately needed his skill set so yeah this is that actually gets into the last category i had here before we take some questions so get those speaker requests in is the guy that you still believe in despite there just not being hardly any positive evidence whatsoever and and uh neesmith was going to be my pick for that oh okay <laughs> uh i wasn't sure whether can, can i go with b-ball paul there uh i mean does, does his, does but, his you've actually, MVP but you've actually disqualify liked, him right like you've actually liked what you've seen from him so far right yeah. like i'm talking about so the idea here is this guy just hasn't done anything and yet you still you still have some hope uh kira lewis okay yeah it's i mean the torn like, acl it's is gonna be torres acl it was kind of not looking great before that uh i liked him at alabama i i thought he'd be better than this and so I, i'll still ride this out a little longer i mean i could say a kong Wu too but i feel like that's cheating a little because i would he's yeah shown more yeah, I mean, it, the the guy who's been kind of just like outright bad and yet still still some hope for him. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, Zeke Naji, I don't know that, it, I mean, he's shooting 43% from three in his career in 676 minutes. He's not that good of a shooter, but uh, someone that I I like his, you know, he's not as explosive as I'd like, but he's he can move his feet on the printer. He might be more of a four defensively, maybe is, is the problem, but I think there's something in there mm-hmm. for him. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's get to some of your speaker requests here and let us begin with Lil Penny 2K. What do you got for us? The answer right now is a muted microphone, but if you uh, want to jump in, go for it. It's tough at the beginning because we've been droning on for so long. A lot of these people yeah. probably put their requests in like an hour ago. Yeah. All right, Jason, I'm going to leave you in. Please stay muted though. I'll come back to you uh, after we get to Andrew. Andrew, are you there? Doing great. Yeah, love, love talking 
talking draft here. What do you got for us, Andrew? Uh, had a big problem yesterday. Uh, Ricky Rubio went down. Yeah, uh, we're now down three ball handlers and shot creators. So Colin Sexton's obviously out for the year. Uh, Darius Garland's virus protocols, and now Ricky Rubio. Uh, we don't know the status of his knee injury unless you guys have heard something that maybe I haven't. Uh, I no, haven't. No, but, but it, I, looked, it looked bad. I watched the game last night. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't expect good news. I I very I very strongly suspect a, a torn left ACL. Yeah, uh, and I same. think unfortunately he very strongly seemed to suspect that uh, as well. Like the uh, both uh, Brian Suterer and Jeff Stotts both seem to be uh, pretty uh, pretty pessimistic uh, on the outcome. So I think if it's I, I hope that I'm wrong on that, but I, I think it's a fair assumption for the purposes of our conversation here that he's not going to be contributing the rest of the year. Yeah, I yeah, it was brutal. I just as as like you know with our with our team, it's it's been so nice to have a resurgence and he's played a huge part of it. Well, my question to you, uh, gentlemen, is you know obviously our wing depth is really low. You guys talked about Okoro, so like what kind of roster moves can we make to improve uh, the season? Hopefully, get a playoff spot. Yeah, I think you're looking at doing something with the expiring contracts of Sexton and or Rubio. Uh, to get another guard in there. Uh, I, th- I think there are, there are some interesting candidates out there, especially uh, like Cleveland at this point, like should be willing to put their 22 first round pick on the table if they can get back a, a guard who signed beyond this year. I disagree with that. This is, we have we talked, I think we did talk about this a couple of weeks ago, actually, John, that I just think this is the first year that they're good. Yes, like it's very exciting to taste some success. I think they're, even without Rubio, I think that they'll make the playoffs. I'm just, this is year one with a really nice core that you have with Mobley, Allen, and Garland. And I think this team is not close to fully formed. I think you need to hold on to your pick still, particularly now with Rubio out, you know, that pick could end up being a little bit juicier as well i think you just don't know what you're going to need what this team is you know who knows okoro could become a starter and they certainly have need for more guys to come in on the wing i still think that sexton given the structure of their team coming off the injury if they could get him to re-sign on a contract that's kind of more appropriate for a sixth man you know in the 12 to 13 million range and i use restricted free agency to try to make that happen i think he could be a value for them there and i just would not want to be trading first round picks all right some seconds and some cash or you know something like that i just i upgrading for this year you just for evan mobley's rookie year i just don't and taking on future money as well i think is just not not something i would want to be doing i think you're just closing off too many future avenues by doing that when the future is bright i just don't think you should short circuit the process at this point that that's my thought do you you guys if you're upgrading beyond this year though well so so what what do they need like would you trade rubio and the 22 first to portland for norman powell no way absolutely not really yeah okay Uh, for a guy in a bad contract that goes out five years at 18 million a year who like like what do you okay you got norman powell what are you now what are you even how much is he even helping you two years from now like why would you trade for a long-term asset like you should be worried about three four years from now still like Mm -hmm. when darius garland will probably be on a a pretty close to a max contract maybe and you know mobley be right around his rookie extension alan will still be under 
contract that like every decision you make should be about how can we be really good three years from now that that's a and Nor, trade norman powell and a first i just i don't like that i mean if there's you know if you wanted to trade for like cam reddish okay like that the, now I'm, i don't know how much i love cam reddish but that sort of a theory i like that more of like here's here's some another wing we can throw into the mix they do need still like a wing stopper who can also shoot and just someone else who's going to be around in three years who's going to be better three years from now than they are right now like norman powell i don't think he's even a starter three years from now Huh. Yeah, maybe he might be a little older on the on Yeah, the I think he's he's where 20 they, where going. He's 28, 29. So, yeah. um but but I do I I the idea of just trading for some kind of a point guard who can help you this year like I, absolutely right. I think that's, you know, that that's something that they should look at. What if they uh how about Rubio for Goran Dragic? Or is Goran Dragic just or his personal reasons going to extend to the other side of the Great Lakes? <laughs> <laughs> that that's an interesting one because uh, it would not quite put Cleveland in the tax. Uh, you could probably just do it as a straight up trade, right? Like, well, they also might want to just hold on to Ricky Rubio's bird rights, also potentially. Yeah, because you could re-sign him, and then there's less pressure on you to overpay Sexton, probably, and you have a little more flexibility in the free agent market. So that's that's definitely an alternative. Uh, you know, you're you're kind of it's hard because it's January, and you know you're not getting a buyout guy until March, and, and there's really just nobody here who can dribble at all. Uh, yeah, no. That, that's a concern is can they bring back Matthew Delvadova like the yeah, you, you have to yeah. get somebody in who can do something right I mean they're already to be down both of those guys you know like would you trade try to trade for like you know DJ Augustine or something like that just a really low level type of move or Aaron Holiday if he's kind of fallen out of favor in Washington that that kind of yeah. thing uh, but yeah I mean there's not this free agent point guard class class is pretty terrible um all right that's that's probably enough on that one let's get to a couple more here but before we have to go thanks thanks for that question andrew yeah, appreciate you your, your your thoughts um jason if you're there and you want to unmute and jump in hey what's going on ah good you are there what do you got for us what's going on guys how are you good doing well how about you doing well no complaints beautiful day here in chicago illinois really on on december 29th hasn't been too cold yet we got the first no <laughs> of the year yesterday but yeah not too cold i think the bulls are keeping us hot <laughs> yeah no that's true yeah five and two since all the the covid stuff happened oh they're lucky enough to get some of their games yeah. postponed which these other yeah, teams are but, but i'm actually a memphis grizz fan and i do have a question for you okay guys. so we yeah we are on the ride everyone was yeah. starting this little conversation conversation about two weeks ago should the grizzlies trade josh jaw i think that's all speculation i don't think it's going anywhere i'm wondering from your guys perspective who is one addition that would take the grizzlies to become an actual contender someone realistic uh, i'll leave this to you john yeah <laughs> i i and you, you're you're you see your first sentence collides with your second because you said who is somebody who takes them to being contender and then you you said you qualified it with someone realistic and the problem is that like they're they're good but they're just not there yet so like who's 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 that guy who's taking them there it's somebody who's one of the 10 best players in the league who isn't available right now really you yeah don't think if we added like a nice role player you don't think that no, would it's got to be that. a star no their whole team is nice role players what does it change yeah i agree yeah yeah no that that's true although they're their team team the grizzlies are team floor right like no matter who they put in is is like not anybody who is ever going to kill you but they're they're just 
just on the on the high end, and we saw it in the playoffs last year. They just they just didn't quite have have enough high end talent. Uh, and I still think even with Ja being better, with with Jaron finally back to being Jaron this year, they're still not quite there. Um, if you look at where they are, at you know at the three and the five, especially they they just don't have enough high end talent yet to to be having that conversation. So uh, you know who who can they get that gets them to closer to that point or that point? I think that's a really interesting conversation that I'm sure they're having internally every day. Uh, I think they're very clearly trying to hit on a big wing somehow, since that's the one thing they kind of don't have. Uh, and you know, wh- where is that guy coming from though? I mean, that's that that's hard. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's why it's easier to go from 20 to 40 wins than it is to go from 40 to 60. I mean, you're, you're, you're seeing it and you know, they'll, they're, they're going to have a wind at their backs here because John, Jaron and Bain are all so young. So they have time, but getting that, getting that extra, you know, kind of all-star caliber guy in there that, that really lifts them into consistent top three, top two in the West, you know, kind of contention where where you're really like legitimately contending that that's a tough thing to pull off man this is the third time that i'll have brought this up now but in terms of realistically attainable players the idea of pairing turner and jackson we talked about that i can't remember it was last week or or two weeks ago but but just as a general proposition i think you just continue trying in the draft let's keep in mind too they have three extra picks as well but just you're not trading for a big wing who's going to be a star i don't think that's real Realistic. So more realistic would be you get another like solid three and D contributor uh, who can shoot and then you play him at the four next to Jaron and that's your team. You have Bain at the two and Brooks at the three or you really upgrade at center and say, hey, we're going to be the best defense in the league. And then John Moran is just going to be so good. And, you know, his the shooting of Jaron will but Jaron's going to play more four for us maybe at the end of games because and we're just going to be this unbelievable defense with like a really high quality defense defensive center who is also not going to kill us on the offensive end that's kind of why i like turner isn't a perfect fit next to jackson but they're both pretty versatile and they're both pretty good defensively and so that was that was kind of my thought i just and also part of that is i think miles turner might be to me the best guy who's available on the trade market i don't really see this as a ben simmons team do you john no absolutely not yeah yeah okay let's do one very quick here let's get uh mike parisi in mike you are here quick quick question we only got about a few minutes left mike you are muted okay let's get to oh wait is he here mike you're here can you guys hear me yes we can yes yes Mm -hmm. uh hey quick question from charlottesville uh wahoo uh (laughs) there's an idea uh on draft twitter floating around called pre-draft and people are wondering why nba teams aren't more aggressive targeting uh freshmen who are maybe a little unheralded but have a lot of potential and trying to lure them into the draft early uh especially john just wondering what are like the incentives that either align or, or don't align with that idea? And do you think teams should uh, try to do that more? Yeah, I mean, teams totally try to do that if they know there's a guy they they really like. Uh, you basically, you promise them ahead of the draft. I mean, we tried to do, I'll give you an example. When I was in Memphis, the year before Chris Stapps Perzingis entered the draft, we, and it wasn't just us, uh, you know, I found out later, like six other teams had the same idea because this was like not a genius 
genius thing that, that we came up with on our own, uh, promised or tried to promise Chris Stapps Porzingis that if he entered the draft that year, we would pick him with our pick, with, with, with our first round pick, which was like, I don't know, 22 or something. Um, and he was like, yeah, I'm cool. Uh, I'm going to stay another year and then be a lottery pick next year. And he was, obviously, he was the fourth pick. Um, but yeah, teams teams totally try to do that. And sometimes you will see guys uh, who, who, um, who end up staying in the draft and you're like, really? And they get picked in the 20s or 30s and they were promised situations. There, there are guys like that every year. The problem is you're promising your pick ahead of the draft and you don't really know how the draft is going to play out. You know what opportunities are going to come up on the board. You don't even know who's staying in at that point. So do you really want to make your draft pick two months ahead of the draft? So that that's what holds back teams from doing that more often. But in, in terms of enticing guys to enter the draft, I mean, like, you don't have to do that much. I mean, there's a there's a million dollar contract sitting there already. Like, what, what, what else are we talking about here? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I think he's probably talking about t- totally under the radar guys, uh, I, I would imagine, who are just like not nobody would have even thought of. But I guess, you know, th- there's there's a reason that nobody would have thought of them, I suppose. Right. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. But I guess some people are thinking, especially this year, there's a lot of sophomores, Jane Ivy, Matthew in you know people are saying uh you know some teams should have tried to get these guys uh last year um i, I- well Ma- matherin was projected as a first round pick and i think ivy ivy uh i mean ivy was known too um i think he just indicated he just wasn't going to come out yet uh so i i mean these were not top secret guys yeah but i i mean i guess the idea would have been that a team should have uh, you know promised them to get them to come out uh but i you know that teams just didn't think nobody thought high enough for them and for the reasons that you say right like you're you're it's kind of interesting as a team because you're just you're real it's really a wild card uh, to promise a guy because you just like you said john i mean there's risk in the player himself generally the whole idea of a promise is hey we're higher on you than everyone else is but we also don't want you to go through the process and let everyone else get as high on you as we are yeah but exactly, then there's also the possibility yeah that no one else would have been as high on you, you could have got the same guy anyway or someone you liked even better would be available so i mean who, who are the teams who do the most promising probably okc oklahoma is, is city well by far yeah, yeah i mean promised mitch mcgarry promised poku um they, they've had a couple others but yeah yeah um all right that was a that was a great question let us get a, it was a draft theme but let us uh, get into a new topic we appreciate that and thanks everyone for joining us we'll We'll be back at this time next week, 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific on Wednesdays. Talk to y'all then. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.